morning. Good morning, everybody. I hope you're having a good day. Uh, here we are on Thursday. We're in the middle, almost the end of February. Man, this year's already moving fast. So uh, here we are in February. And today, today, we're going to continue to talk about prophecies and how prophecies uh, impact us today. And uh, we're, we're, we're kind of in the background of things right now as to kind of how we got to where we are today. And um, first of all, I uh, just want to talk about, uh, yesterday we said we're going to talk about Israel. Now, it's interesting. Um, if, if you were to go, I think it's Shanghai, China. If, if you were, let me check my notes again. I think it was Shanghai. Let me double check. Singapore, that's where it is. If you were to go to Singapore, and you were to draw a 2,000-mile circle around Singapore, I am told that that, that would encompass 50% of the world's population. That's a lot of people in just that kind of small space, really. So uh, just wanted to you say, well, what's the big deal about that? You know, we have all these big cities. You know, we have Singapore, we have Hong Kong, we have New York, we have, you know, all the big cities of the world. And you would think that during the end times or as part of the end times that, that the focus would be on those cities and maybe the Lord would make the focus those cities, but no, that's not, that's not it. Uh, actually, the focus is Israel. And God has some promises that he's made to Israel that he still, he still wants to fulfill. Israel is still God's chosen people, although they may not chose, chose. <laughs> they may not be choosing him right now. He is, they are God's chosen people. And as a matter of fact, they play an, an, an integral part of the end times. And so as a matter of fact, we have... Uh, uh, some scriptures, Zechariah, here it is in Zechariah chapter 12 and verses 2 and 3, okay? So this, I'm going to read that for you. It says, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would have it, ha all who would have it away will surely be cut in pieces. Though all the nation, sorry, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it, so here we have where it's you know Israel is going to be a burden, burdensome stone. So let's look at the news today. How how do we see Israel in the news today? The talk is constantly about Israel these days. By the way, Israel um, only has a, a, a small population compared to all the other countries. Right. So, as a matter of fact, let, let's let's ask uh, let's ask our phone. Right. Hey Siri, what is the population of Israel? There we go. Nine point eight million people. You know, we have New York City that's almost that many in and of itself. So, so here we have nine point eight million people, a city or a a country of Israel, and. God says it's going to end up being a burdensome stone to the world. And the world is talking about Israel. The world, you know, they're talking about the wars that Israel's having with Hamas, and the world is saying you need to stop, and, 
you know, you, you know, everybody's kind of taking sides for or against Israel. But one of the biggest problems that is in that is kind of causing some issues um, is what to do with Palestine. Um, you know, it's interesting that they are trying to deal with Palestine right now. Uh, give Palestine maybe a two-state, what's called a two-state solution, Palestine. And it's, it's, it's one of the big focuses of the end times, okay? So there's a conflict between Israel and the Palestinian Arabs, and, and it's going to bring more and more attention to the world, right? It's going to come on the world scene. So all of this is talking about the Palestinians. And it, and it seems that this, the stage is kind of being set. Everybody's kind of putting their line in the sand, so to speak. And what's going to happen is there's a lot of prophecies that are unfolding before our eyes and have unfolded before our eyes, especially concerning Israel. So first of all, the big thing that we want to talk about, as many people already know, is the, the regathering of the children of Israel. So you say, well, what, what's the big deal about that, right? Never has a nation been able to maintain its national identity even after being removed from its homeland until Israel. Quite interesting, isn't it? It's quite interesting that is how Israel came about. Um, and as a matter of fact, you know, they were driven out of Israel by the Romans in AD 30, 135, and the Roman, the Roman government even issued a decree that any Jews found in Palestine could be killed on the site. So, again, the Jews, though, have continued to survive. They survived Hitler uh, and all of his efforts to extinguish the Jews. And eventually, the Jews and Israel became a nation again. So let's, let's go to another uh, passage of Scripture, okay? Um, in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 3, first of all, you know, uh, you know the prophet says, O Lord God, you know. And then he writes, he writes something else. He, here's what he writes in the verses that I have listed here for you. He says, So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Talking about the valley of dry bones. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Then say to them, thus saith the Lord God, Surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations, wherever they have gone, and will gather them <clears throat> from every side, 
and bring them unto their own land. And I will make and I will make them one nation in the land of the uh, in the land. Uh, sorry, one nation in the land. Sorry, guys. I need to learn how to read on the mountains of Israel. And one king shall be king over them all. They shall no longer be two nations, nor shall they be ever be divided into two kingdoms again. They shall not defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned and will cleanse them. Then they shall be my people and I will be their God. Wow. So what a big prophecy that was. He said all of them. In other words, it's going to be reestablished. Israel will be reestablished. So how did it all happen? Historically, how did all this happen? Well, um, in, uh, it started actually way back in 1917. So by 1916, World War I uh, was, you know, you know, a lot was going bad. A lot of things were going bad there. And uh, there was a, a fella by the name of, of Kaim Wiseman. I think I pronounced C-H-A-I-M, Wiseman. You know, he invented something. Anybody know what he invented? He uh, invented uh, a way to rapidly manufacture TNT and a smokeless gunpowder. Right. He made it possible uh, to be able to produce these things so fast that, uh, the, that it changed the course of the war. And in return, a fellow by the name of David Lloyd George, who was representing the British government, talk, uh, told Dr. Wiseman uh, to name his price. He says, what, what do you want for all this? You, you have been so instrumental in, in helping us. And, and in helping us win the war. And so he requested that Palestine be declared the international homeland for the Jewish people. So consequently, uh, the Balfour Declaration was drawn up and it was signed on November 2nd, 1917. So here's a, a pretty famous letter. It says, I, uh, Dear Lord Rothschild, I have much pl pleasure in conveying to you on behalf of His Majesty's government, the following declaration of sympathy with Jewish Zionist aspirations, which has been submitted to and approved by the cabinet. His Majesty's government views with favor the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people, and we will use uh, and will use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this object. It being clearly understood that nothing shall be done which may, which may prejudice the civil and religious rights of existing non-Jewish communities in Palestine or the rights and political status enjoyed by the Jews in any other country. I should be grateful if you would bring this declaration to the knowledge of the Zionist Federation. Sincerely, Arthur James Balfour. So uh, it's, it's interesting. Somebody says, well, maybe it's a coincidence um, that the language that, that, uh, that you know, was used to, you know, to start the regathering of Israel, that the language was used as noise and shaking, noise and shaking. You ever thought about that? So, again, this was during World War I, and he was the one that brought about a faster way to produce TNT and smokeless uh, gunpowder. And so... 
uh, again, noise and banking. What what is gunpowder and what is what does uh, you know TNT? What does dynamite do? It makes noise. It makes a lot of noise. There's a lot of parallels that were there. So then starts what's called the gathering of the Jews into Palestine after the signing of the Balfour Treaty, um, and it was gradual, right? Just like the Valley of Dry Bones, just like uh, you know bone to his bone. In 1917, um, it was estimated that there were less than 25,000 Jews uh, in the land, uh, in that lived in the land. And by 1922, it had leapfrogged to the giant total amount of 83,000. By 1932, 180,000. By 1935, 300,000. By 1937, 437. And by 1945, more than 500,000. Now, we know the population. We just announced the population again. Uh, today, as of right now, is 9.8 million. So again, it's been gradual. Think of how long it took. It's 100 years, it got a, and that's what's been going on. So in the early years, the Jews would purchase with funds 350,000 acres of land for agricultural purposes. So um, again, between 1917 and 1948, it was slow but certain bone came to his bone. So, so we see where God has blessed Israel even where it's at. There's a, a tremendous number of inventions, a tremendous number of things that take place um, that have been as a result of, of, uh, of Jews, of people that, you know, from Israel. Uh, Israel is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. The agriculture is, is so good in Israel. There's so many good places in Israel. And, you know, here they are in kind of arid desert things, but they're able to have a, 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 a tremendous agricultural um, um, what do you want to call it? Agricultural part of, of, of the land. And so, um, Britain, uh, you know, while God blessed Israel, Britain reneged on the 1917 treaty. And in 1939, um, after a lot of conflicts between Arabs and Jews, Britain issued a white paper that favored Arab independence. Uh, and to let the Arabs control the area. So they failed to get peace even back then between the Arabs and the Jews. So following World War II, Brit the British withdrew from Palestine. And shortly after that, the National Council and the General Zionist Council proclaimed from Tel Aviv the establishment of the sovereign state of Israel. The date was 1948, May 14th, David Ben-Gurion was uh, appointed as prime minister, and Dr. Kaim Wiseman was elected president of a provisional council. Both the United States and Russia recognized the new nation, which, after much debate, was accepted as a member of the United Nations by a vote of 37 to 12. So I want you to think about that for just a minute. Think of the miracle it took in order for Israel to become a nation. Think about that. I mean, in one day, now all of a sudden, they're a nation. They're a nation. So three miracles, there were three miracles that for Israel, okay? Um, when, in Luke's version of the Olivet Discourse, 
they would, uh, um, Jesus prophesied that Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Um, the time of the Gentiles, which began, you know, in the, you know, the Lord himself, he put a time frame on it. It began when they went into captivity in 606 BC, and it'll continue until the end of the tribulation when Christ comes. Okay. So, um, so what does that mean? Well, what that means is, is that uh, people will continually come against Israel. Israel will be trampled on. Look at all of the things that took place over the years for the Jews and for the nation of Israel. So, so that was one of the things. And, and second, though, and you know, Israel had this thing. Anybody ever heard, remember or heard the, of the Six Day War? Um, the uh, the war hero was General uh, Mashi Dayan, and so you know he's the one that planted a a flag at the top of uh, the Dome of the Rock, okay, which is where the many believe that the Third Temple will be rebuilt, okay, and so what did he do though? What he did was he the general he was a he was a secularist Jew. Okay, so what he did in order to, even though he won the war, he gave the Arabs control of that particular area. And why did he do that? Well, he did that so that uh, it would placate the Arab nations around them. And so they have kind of a, a peculiar thing going on, right? Uh, it is said that, that even today, there are many, 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 even today from all those years ago that, that have not forgiven that general for giving that to the Arabs, right? So miracles happen uh, in Israel, and, you know, they've won the Six-Day War. They were prophesied to be trampled on, but, yeah, they're still, they're still here. Uh, there is a regathering, and they are regathered. Their nation would start. Uh, would be it would be one day right and they'd all be regathering and so on and on it goes all of the all of these things in relation to Israel now um, you know when Israel became a nation okay that started ticking God's prophetic clock okay and we'll get more into that uh, in the in the days to come, but you know all that's left for Ezekiel's uh, vision to come through is it says, but there was no breath in them. Ezekiel thirty-seven verse eight, and a lot of people talk about you know it's hard to decipher since breath or wind often refers to the Holy Spirit, uh, and that would indicate that one of these days Israel's going to have a fresh vis a fresh visitation of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, let's uh let's kind of skip up to what's going to take place during the tribulation. Well, there's two witnesses that are going to be <coughs> preaching uh to the Jews and 144,000 Jewish men are going to be saved. They're going to be going worldwide for 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 Christ and they're going to be um, um, sharing Christ uh, worldwide. And so we see where Israel 
uh, have, will have the opportunity to be redeemed so that the Holy Spirit will, in fact, come um, and, and, and give them breath, right, the Holy Spirit, all right? So we'll, we'll kind of stop right here, okay, as we're talking about Israel. So we've talked about the past. We've talked about how, how we all got here, right? But now we need to tell, we're going to, uh, starting Monday, we're going we're gonna to keep going on this point and go further into more of the end time signs. So uh, what we've tried to do is kind of give a background or, a, or, a, or an understanding of things at the beginning uh, so that we can, as we go further into these studies, uh, we'll have that as our basis of operation or our basis of knowledge, okay? All right. Well, uh, another good day today. I hope you've had a good day. Uh, it's, it's been good, it's been good to, uh, to um, be here with you today. Um, have a great day. Be safe in all that you do. Hey, know that Jesus loves you. And uh, know that I love you, but Jesus loves you most. He loves you so much. He died for you on the cross. And Christians, let's be about the business of sharing Christ with others. Amen? Amen. Well, friends, have a wonderful rest of the day. And if I don't see you in church on Sunday, uh, if you don't go to church here and uh, you're from another place, hey, find a good Bible church and get in church this Sunday and be a blessing. Be a blessing to those around you. All right? Well, friends, I'll see you Monday morning. Bye-bye for now.